When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My brand new book, Midwife Pip's Guide to a Positive Birth, is now available. So much more than a book, this is a guide that allows me to hold your hand through your birth preparation journey. With over a decade of experience and knowledge packed in to ensure you really are empowered in the way you deserve to achieve a positive birth, regardless of the twists and turns that crop up. Make sure that you get your hands on Midwife Pip's Guide to a Positive Birth Book now and are empowered to have the birth experience that you deserve. Hello, I'm Pip and welcome to the Midwife Pip podcast, the home of expert information and real chats on all things pregnancy, birth and beyond. Remember, as a podcast listener, you can get 15% off my online courses at midwifepip.com using the code podcast15. So this episode has come via popular demand from Instagram, where so many of you had questions or messaged me wanting to know how we managed our recent holiday with Finley, who was 20, 21 months when we went away. My goodness, how has that time flown by? So I am just jumping on to talk to you about it all. Some of the things that we have learned, some of the things that we will definitely do differently, um, and some of the things that actually went really well and that I would advise that all other parents do when traveling with a little person on board. So some of the areas you really wanted me to touch on was firstly the flight. Um, and this is the thing I was absolutely dreading the most. I really was worried about how we were going to navigate a flight because you are so restricted, aren't you? As an adult, it's really uncomfortable and boring being on an aeroplane. So as a small person, my goodness, that is amplified. And everyone feels like everybody's watching you and judging you and it all feels very terrifying. So let's kick off talking about our flight with Finley. So we went to Cyprus, which was about four and a half hours out and almost five hours coming back. Um, And in reality, (laughs) was probably the maximum length of time, to be honest, that I wanted to be trapped on a plane with a toddler. Um, But it was worth it because we were away for 10 days. I feel like if we were away for a week, I would have been like, was this worth just a week? So if you can, those extra few days really do make whatever journey you end up with feel a lot more doable and manageable and kind of worth it. So on our flight, out we had a flight that was uh mid-afternoon so it was great because on the way to the airport finley had his nap at kind of the normal time really in the car so that was really great um we had a um pram bag which was a great tip i took off another mum who had traveled recently on instagram so our travel pram went in a pram bag that I then, and don't tell the airport crew about this little secret, but I then padded with nappies. 
swimming nappies, packs of wipes, and normal nappies. Because how on earth with an under two-year-old that doesn't get its own luggage, was I meant to travel with 10 days worth of nappies and wipes? And I didn't want to get there and then have to traipse off to a supermarket to buy nappies because that is not a holiday, is it? So a pram bag, so your travel pram can go on the airplane with you. So it's easily accessible and you've got it while you're in the airport, which is great for naps. And then all your nappies in there so you don't have to use your suitcase space for them. That is definitely my first hack um, because that worked wonders. And then I had a little carry-on case that was Finley's with all toys in it. (laughs) It was basically toys and snacks en masse in this little case that he could push. So basically when we were waiting around in the airport, he was pushing his little case up and down, happy as Larry. We definitely had pizza for lunch in the airport because you choose your battles and that was just easy. We could all eat it. And then I knew he was fed, he'd had a nap. So we were at least starting our flight in a good place with a happy child. Um, we were fortunate in that although Finley is under two, so he didn't get his own seat, there were a few free seats on the plane, actually on the way there and the way back. Not many. But if you are the passenger that is sat next to a toddler that's not yours and there is a free seat somewhere else on the plane, let's face it, you're taking the other seat. Um, So actually, everyone on the plane is really accommodating and friendly as well. And I think that's one of the tips that I would definitely say is don't feel like you need to apologize for your toddler or baby acting like a toddler or baby because that is normal and we were all one once so if your toddler or your child's getting a bit frustrated about being sat down on the plane they want to walk up and down let them walk up and down and don't feel like you need to apologize um because everyone's been there and what i really found on holiday was actually that parent to parent camaraderie was awesome and so reassuring so don't be put off by flying with a small person um embrace some screen time finley had never had an ipad before so we saved it for the aeroplane so as we were taking off and i was a bit worried about perhaps his ears being uncomfortable he had a little headset and he had all his favorite stuff downloaded on this ipad and he was loving life and um, he had a new little Peppa Pig, because that's his obsession at the moment, lunchbox with little snappy bits in that didn't need refrigerating. So we had like food to hand, so many snacks, all of the snacks um, and fidget spinners on the window, um, watching the lights outside and all the vehicles, lots of little fidgety, keep their hands and brain busy kind of toys some new books, really simple, small things that you can take on board with you um, and getting them out kind of one at a time so they don't see everything and get overwhelmed and just throw it all around. But yeah, fidget spinners on the windows, new little toys, fiddly bits, sensory books and things like that were amazing for keeping him busy. Um, And yeah, making friends with people around you, my goodness. The other thing we regret not taking with us is our baby carrier because despite Finley being massive he still does quite like a little nap in that and it's much more comfortable for me than just holding him especially if we're walking around and we packed it and unpacked it and packed it and unpacked it thought no we won't take it he'll be fine um but actually on our way out because we hit his bedtime um so our flight landed I think about 10 p.m so our flight kind of landed into his bedtime and he was really tired but just couldn't quite get comfortable and the lights were still on the plane you could see all these people 
So we didn't really sleep on the way out at all, which meant by the time we got to the hotel and got him into bed, it was quite late and he did crash and it was fine. But we had this like half an hour of like, oh my goodness, we've now got an overtired, irritated baby on a plane that was a bit stressful. But what was amazing was when I was jigging thinly, I was stood up in the aisle, jigging him up and down, trying to get him to sleep over my shoulder. And all of the lovely passengers, even those that weren't traveling with children, were looking at me like, yeah, giving me a nod. He's not enough. He's not enough. And then he'd wake up and they'd be like, oh, no, he's awake. It really felt like a teen effort. Everyone was so lovely. So I didn't feel like, oh my goodness, I miss, you know, I'm, I've got that child, you know, that's not sleeping on a plane. Actually, I felt like everyone was laughing off with me. And I think that's where it's really important that we just ignore any perceived judgment um, because everyone's been there. People get it. And if they don't, never mind. You know, don't let them ruin your holiday. So yeah, don't be put off. Yes, it may be a bit strange. You may find yourself putting an iPad on at half past nine at night on an airplane, but that's okay. It's not forever. Um, there were definitely some chocolate fingers consumed, I think, as well. You just make it work. Take the pressure off. Um, don't worry about stigma. Adjust your standards and just try to stay relaxed and enjoy it together. So yeah, we survived the flight, which was a relief. But that's my top tips for flying. Keep them busy. Uh, if you can, have a spare seat if they're not old enough to have their own seat yet. And think about how you're both going to be most comfortable if you do manage to get a baby that naps on the plane. Now on the way back, our flight time was 2 a.m. Oh my goodness, what was I thinking? A 2 a.m. flight time. So what we did was we put we played for a late checkout in our room. It was extortionate actually. That's a chat for another another day. We paid for a late checkout so that we could have dinner as normal, have a bit of a bedtime routine, and we put him to sleep in his cot because for some reason on the day that I really needed him to go to sleep in his pram, he wouldn't. <laughs> which he had done the whole holiday and no trouble, but not the night that I needed him to. He just obviously felt my extra pressure, didn't he? It's so, so important the way that we perceive things and, and the way that we're feeling, they completely pick up on. So we abandoned the pram, put him to sleep in his cot like usual, and then moved him like a ninja from the cot into the pram. And then from the pram into the back of a taxi, and then the taxi drove us to the airport. I mean, you can imagine how tense all of that moving a sleeping toddler was for me, but we made it. We made it to the airport with a sleeping baby. We then moved him out of the taxi, back into the pram, got into the airport. He saw the lights and woke up, um, but he'd got a few hours kind of preloaded, if you like, before we then got to the airport, which was good because at least he'd had some rest. Um, and then we just embraced him being up for a little bit because we had to get through security anyway and do all that kind of stuff where I couldn't have pushed him through in his pram. They want him out the pram. They want to scan him and all that kind of stuff in case my baby's smuggling stuff into the country, I suppose. So actually for that, that was, that was fine. That worked. And we just embraced the fact that he was awake in an airport at 3am. Um, which I think sometimes just accepting it, laughing it off, you know, making the most of it. It's not, it's not something you do every single day, but when you are a routine parent, that can feel uncomfortable. And I totally get that. 
So getting a private taxi was really helpful, especially if you have got an unsociable flight time, because getting on a busy, long bus or coach journey is essentially as bad as being on an aeroplane, isn't it? So having that was really great, especially if you've got a baby that will sleep in the back of the car. Um, and lots of taxis abroad are happy to supply a car seat if you let them know beforehand. I know some do just hold their babies. Um, so it's whatever, whatever feels comfortable to you, essentially. But that's how it tends to work um, in some countries abroad. Every country will have different rules, of course. And with the flight home at that awful time, once we'd got through security and things, I put Finley back in his pram, put our snooze shade. If you've not heard of snooze shade, you need to check them out. And there is a discount code on my website because they essentially block out with a UV ray. So it's great if you are somewhere sunny, um, but also make it darker for a baby. So if you're in a bright airport or, or something like that, it just helps dim that environment. And then we had his white noise machine on and I walked and walked and walked up and down, around and around that airport until he went back to sleep. And then we managed to transfer him from the pram onto the plane, still asleep again, absolute miracle. Um, and he slept for about two hours of our almost five hour flight on the way back. And then again, we just embraced the fact that we had a baby awake on an airplane at a disgusting time in the morning, which was fine. And then he napped and he kind of caught up in the car on the way home. And then he just stayed asleep on the drive and actually kind of just went back into his usual UK routine, to be honest. Um, and I think that the routine element is something we need to talk about because it's something that a loads of you asked me about routines and holidays. And I think I kind of felt a little bit of pressure to just embrace abandoning all routine because we're on holiday and it'll be fine. And for some babies that clearly works really well. And I saw loads of toddlers that were awake at like 10 p.m. living their best life. And then they just seem to crash on their parents' laps in the middle of a disco. And so if that's the way your child works and that works for you, then great, you know, go with it. That's fantastic. For Finley, that just doesn't work because he just will not accidentally fall asleep or get tired and fall asleep. He just gets more and more hyper. Um, so we kind of realized that actually for us as a family, especially because I had deadlines and work to do um, while Finley was sleeping or while he was napping, we kind of realized that actually just throwing caution to the wind and abolishing all routine wasn't going to work for us and it wasn't going to make it an enjoyable holiday. So we did still keep some routine and I planned to kind of switch over into the Cyprus time zone. So kind of keeping Finley on a UK time zone routine would mean he was naturally awake a little bit later. Um, so his usual 8 p.m. bedtime would have been 10 p.m. there. So he would have actually been able to do all the kids stuff. But whether he, it was just because he got tired from the journey out there or whatever, he completely switched to a UK time zone in Cyprus. So he was still waking up at like, between six and seven, having his lunchtime nap at lunchtime and then going to bed at eight o'clock. So we were like, fine, just roll with it. Lots of parents put their babies to bed at night in a pram. So then they can go off and you know, have a nice dinner together or, um, you know, go to some entertainment. Um, we put Finley's bed in a cot, but that was purely because we had filming and I had some work to do in the evenings. It was a holiday, but it was a work holiday. So our kind of setup was perhaps different to what some family holidays might look like. So that just worked for us, but loads of parents did have their baby sleeping in prams. You could totally do whatever worked for you. One of my strict stipulations on the holiday 
was that I knew if we had a bed with literally a cot next to us, there is no way Finley would have slept. He would have woken up, seen mummy and daddy in the night and just wanted to party. Um, and he's never really co-slept well. He likes his own sleep space. So we had a room that was kind of designed, I guess, for our setup. And there was like a big sliding door partition. So he was essentially in the same room. We could hear him. We could peek through the door to see him. But he had, from his point of view, when he woke up in the night and looked around, he had his own space, which worked so well for us. We also had a terrace, so it meant that we could still be outside while he was napping and the door was directly into the terrace. So you kind of still felt super close. Um, and then we had our own sleep separate sleep space. So that worked really well for us. Um, and that's definitely the only way I will ever holiday with a toddler is with that kind of room set up, because I think otherwise it probably would have been really disruptive. But again, that totally varies. You know, some of the mums that I met on holiday, all their kids, babies, toddlers, older children, all co-slept. They all slept in one massive bed and that worked for them. So I think it's about actually taking that pressure off having to do what perhaps you've seen or perceived or... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Or what works for other people. It's really, you know your child and you know what's going to work for them. And some children will just crash out on a sunbed by the pool. Great. That means you can carry on, like embrace that for sure. That's just not thinly, unfortunately, for us. And so for us to get that balance, we needed to in, keep that little bit of routine going for him. And of course, we were totally flexible. Some days he slept in a bit later, so his nap was later. Um, he quite often had his nap in the day in his pram, so we'd just park him up in the shade, and then we could still be kind of by the pool. Or I could go off and do a bit of work by the pool bar or on the terrace. So it's just finding what works for you and taking that pressure off, but knowing you've got options. A travel pram with the snood shade and white noise machine was an absolute game changer for us. That was like the winning trio for getting him to sleep in the pram. And he generally actually went to sleep dead easy. We had a little fan attached to it as well and always tried to park him up in the shade so that he kept nice and cool. And he always did a really good daytime nap. Um, so that's kind of how I suppose our routine-ish went. It was flexible, but it was kind of there so that we all had a good time and we didn't just have a really overtired, emotionally frustrated baby. Um, the I've got to share this. So this is quite hilarious. And I hope Finley never hears this back, especially when he's older, because he'll be mortified. But we were, we were kind of talking before we went on holiday about perhaps we should think about potty training soon. You know, 20, 21 months, he's kind of aware of what wheeze and poos are. Let me tell you, that kid's aware of what wheeze and poos are. So one evening, we'd, we, were, we were rushing to get ready so Finley could go and say goodbye to a little friend that he'd met that was leaving. And he didn't have a nappy on. And I was like, yeah, it's fine, you know, just get quickly, get ready, and then we'll get him dressed. He had his cream on, like absorbing it and all of that jazz that you do. And we're like, where's he gone? And he's put himself in the wardrobe and done a poo. And then he came out the wardrobe and went, poo poo, poo poo. So proud that he'd done this poo in the wardrobe. So what we've learned is that we now need to do potty training. But that was probably one, 
one of the funniest things about holidaying with a baby. The other thing was we had a Poonami incident by the pool once. And again, it's one of those things you just feel like everyone's eyes are on you. For anyone that's used swim nappies before, they ain't great. They're not great at holding everything in. Um, so we were like, oh my God, this is just mortifying. And after we had successfully dealt with this incident, a lovely mum came out to us with a bottle of champagne <laughs> to congratulate us on managing it. And that's the camaraderie we really felt actually as parents traveling, when you're pacing with your pram up and down, getting your baby to sleep at various times of the day and night, there's always other people doing it with you. Um, so feeling that support was really, really lovely. Um, and, it's, and it's really good, I think, especially if you have seen a lot of parenting on social media, and it's all looked really glamorized. It's great to see other real lived experiences when you're out and talking to other parents um, and seeing how they're getting on. That was really valuable experience for us, for sure. Uh, food was another thing lots of you guys wanted to know about. So I did pack loads of snacks within me, just, you know, like snack bars and crisps and bits like that that he likes at home. We didn't really use much of them, to be honest, because we're quite lucky in that he's not particularly fussy with food. He's quite confident with trying new foods. Um, and we were quite open to letting him, you know, try whatever he wanted really the difficulty and friends that i've spoke to that have even those that have gone to kind of real family-centered resorts is that typically the lunch times and dinner times are a little bit late for um toddler ages and again it's going to depend on your child and when they eat and, and you know whether you can give them a snack and push them a bit later and how that works um but it's worth just checking and thinking how might how might we navigate that um there's usually a snack bar so often a snack bar and and unfortunately where we were the snack bar wasn't super healthy so although that's fine now and again I didn't want every dinner to be like chicken nuggets or pizza so I would get like a plain pizza bread from there with a banana and a yogurt and he would have that when he started to get a bit hungry so then if he didn't eat a massive dinner because it was a little bit late and he was a bit tired at least he was he was full and then we just tried to boost his nutrition a little bit at dinner um but there was also ice cream you know we've we've always been quite I suppose people would maybe say quite strict with nutrition and Finley growing up um nutrition is really important to our family and we really value that and the kind of gut microbiome in the first two years which I completely geek out on and it and it really fascinates me um but we did we were really fair if we were having an ice cream and you wanted an ice cream we kind of gave him one. He never really finished it, to be honest. I always ended up having two, but then, you know, he felt part of it and he enjoyed that experience. And I don't ever want there to be secrecy around food or or any frustrations. Um, one thing we found really interesting was how many parents would, and again, this isn't from a place of judgment, but at the buffet, there was typically like a kid's food section that wasn't really unhealthy. There was, you know, vegetables and fruits and stuff there, but also there was like, you know, your chips and your pizza and marshmallows random with pizza and chips but it was like the kind of kids section and we really tried to take Finney to the adult section and kind of get him to explore some of those foods that we were eating um and sometimes I would just put some like pasta on his plate from the kids section so it was like familiar and then other bits that he could kind of try and experiment with and really embrace just letting him try different flavors and things that perhaps we don't cook at home we definitely found letting him choose some foods worked better than me placing him up and then bringing it to him at the table. So we'd kind of walk around with him first and say, do you want a bit of this? Do you want a bit of that? How many pieces do you want? And try and make it really, really interactive so he had that control. 
that worked really nicely. Um, and we did occasionally, especially for dinner when it was a little bit late for him, use the iPad in the restaurant as well. Something I said I would never ever do. My child's never having a screen at dinner time. Well, let me tell you on holiday, he did. And it meant that we had a nice enjoyable dinner and he ate a little bit more and it was a nice relaxed experience. And um, we also always took a cup of um, cow's milk back to the room with us after dinner um, because Finley typically has a cup of cow's milk at home before bed. So we kind of still had that and they're really accommodating with that as well. And um, all the bars are happy to give us uh, cow's milk uh, for, for him. So that was kind of how we made food work, I suppose. Again, just being really flexible. And if it's something that's causing a bit of anxiety or perhaps your baby is a little bit... Um, less confident trying new foods then packing some little bits so at least you know they're gonna have a full tummy but i think just like us you know sometimes when we're hot our appetites fluctuate a little bit or we want slightly different foods um so kind of having that that kind of flexibility and, and allowing yourself to enjoy being on holiday but not feeling like you do have to just throw everything that you've ever done at the park um, but I think it probably took Finley a good maybe four, maybe even five days to really relax into this new mealtime environment that obviously in a hotel, all-inclusive buffet is completely different to how we are at home um, and to kind of trust where this food's come from because it's not been cooked in the kitchen by mum and there's all these different things and, and, and there's different people around. So to kind of trust in that environment did take him a few days, I think, to really get confident. And then by the end, he was eating loads which was great. Um, so yeah, that's my, my kind of advice around food, um, travel, routine, packing. Um, we had a hotel with that was really designed for children. So we went for a Tui Blue Hotel in Cyprus um, and I would highly recommend it. I would definitely go back. It, it just meant that we had a nice time as adults because it was a lovely hotel with great food and lovely pools and we made some lovely friends out there, but it was also designed for children. And it's very different to any holiday my husband and I would have ever picked before. But what we quickly came to realize is that if it's easy to navigate children in a holiday, we're gonna have a better time because we're gonna be less stressed and worried. Um, so I, I'm really pleased that we went down that avenue um, and it was great because Finley loves other children. So he was super sociable, having lots of fun, literally swimming all day, every day. Um, which is amazing. We did find that on about day eight, he got a little bit of a rash from the chlorine. So we were really vigilant then on making sure he had a really, really good shower before his nap and before bedtime or, or a bath before bedtime, we typically did um, with his body wash to really wash off all that chlorine and then moisturizing him up and that very quickly cleared up. But it's um, just one of those things that we, we kind of change up a little bit next time is just being more vigilant with that and packing the carrier and loads of parents that I spoke to said they actually chose their holiday destination around flight times so if they had a child that they knew would sleep on a plane they did it at night because that's easier right um, but if they knew their child was wasn't going to sleep they did it in the daytime and I wonder whether actually that's something we might look at again next time but actually in the grand scheme of things it went pretty well there was no major major meltdowns yeah we were, we were kind of tired and we got back because we've been up on a plane with a toddler but but it was totally doable totally manageable 100 percent worth it um and so if you are sitting on the fence and worried about traveling with your little person do it also saw loads of mums breastfeeding in all places on holiday which is great so it's really nice to to kind of see that being really embraced 
um, and really multicultural as well in terms of that breastfeeding, which is fantastic. So again, if that's a, a barrier to you, then knowing that that's really normalized, especially in family resorts is hopefully really reassuring. So that is my, I guess my experience in a nutshell, pack loads of clothes as well, because what you forget is that they get dirty every meal time, don't they? So we had lots of t-shirt changes. Um, you can obviously do washing there. So you could just do that as an option to take that pressure off or make them eat in their swimming top. So if, especially for a, for a kind of boy, Finley would have like a little swimming vest and shorts. And sometimes when we were short on t-shirts, we'd, we'd make him eat in a swimming vest because it's so easily washed compared to like a cotton t-shirt, for example. I think there was one lunchtime where I just took his top off and, and he just ate with a naked top. Um, but he's got a cute belly, so that's fine. So that, I hope that helps. I hope that's useful for some of you that are planning holidays or thinking about it or want a little bit of reassurance that actually you're gonna have an awesome time and make amazing memories. And there'll be things that surprise you, things that perhaps aren't ideal, but it is all worth it. I hate that was useful. Please remember if you do like listening to the podcast, get in touch and let me know. If there's something you want to ask, always drop me a message. And please, please pop me a little review if you have enjoyed listening to this episode too, because your reviews make a huge difference to the reach of the podcast, how many women I can support, but also allow me to keep producing the podcast for you as well. Thanks guys. And I hope this was a useful chat. Before you head off, I just need to tell you something. 68% of you who listen to my podcast have not hit the subscribe button. So can you do me a favor if you have ever enjoyed listening and hit subscribe now? It makes a huge difference and helps me to keep bringing you episodes. The bigger the podcast, the bigger the guests and the more women we can reach and help. Thank you for subscribing and I look forward to chatting again soon. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the aging process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel-Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.